Want to stream cognitive dissonance to your Android or iPhone? Buy the app. Go to dissonancepod.com and click on the link on the right-hand side of the page. Each purchase helps support the show. Okay, so if, if an abortion could be considered in a case of, say, a, a tubal pregnancy or something like that, what about in the case of rape? Should it be legal or not? Well, you know, uh, uh, people always want to try and make that as one of those things. Well, how do you, how do you slice this particularly tough sort of ethical question? It seems to me, first of all, from what I understand from doctors, that's really rare. If it's a legitimate rape, uh, the female body has ways to try to shut that whole thing down. But let's assume that maybe that didn't work or something. You know, I think there should be some punishment, but the punishment ought to be on the rapist and, and not attacking the child. that this show is not for children, the faint of heart, or the easily offended. The explicit tag is there for a reason. is Cognitive Dissonance. Every episode we blast anyone who gets in our way. We bring critical thinking, skepticism, and irreverence to any topic that makes the news, makes it big, or makes us mad. It's skeptical, it's political, and there is no welcome mat. This is legitimately episode 62. Do not confuse this with an illegitimate episode no, of no. Cognitive Dissonance. This is definitively a legitimate episode. And you can we tell are. it's a legitimate episode because uh, your body is trying to fight against this episode right now as we're having right. it. Your body right. is revolting against this episode. Yeah, it's, I'm not pregnant. That's yeah. how I know that this is really an episode <laughs> of Cognitive Dissonance. Your body is has has basically shut off all the juices, so to speak. All of a sudden, one of these days, I'm going to be recording and be like fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger and Junior. Yeah. Be like, what is going on with my body? My nipples are leaking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh. Well, I guess that's the segue. Yeah, <laughs> really, it is. Yeah, it doesn't get any better than that, Tom. To uh, the story that it, it, it dominating this week, yeah. absolutely dominating yeah. this week. I would tell you this story is from Huffington Post or from Reuters or from AP, but it's really from Earth. Yeah, it's, it's from anywhere on the planet right now. It's uh, Todd Aiken. Oh. Good God, man. Just shut the trap. <laughs> You're making right. it worse. You're making it worse. Todd Aiken uh, is a uh, Republican congressman, and uh, he 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 basically went on record um, saying that, hey, you know, abortion's wrong. And uh, when questioned about, you know, well, what about in cases of rape? And it says, well, you know, if it's rape, legitimate, <laughs> legitimate rape, rape, you know, then you're very unlikely to get pregnant because your body basically like. I don't know, like poops out the sperm or something. <laughs> his his mechanism—he didn't have a whole lot of uh, no, mechanism. No, he didn't. Involved. He didn't really think this one through. 
what I love is there's an article um, that's um, that's linked to there's a, so there's like Huffington Post linked to an article, and the article they're linking to is uh, is from a, a website called RH Reality Check, because Aiken had a gaffe, but this other Pennsylvania Republican said that uh, rape victims secrete a certain secretion during an attack that will kill an attacker's sperm. Another Republican, this time in North Carolina, said the opposite, that a woman's juices don't flow, and that prevents the pregnancy. What? <laughs> and, and, you're, and uh, you, know, you know, you ask yourself, you're like, okay, wait, are all of these old men that ignorant of the reproductive system? I feel like... Every single one of these old men is like the guy from 40-year-old virgin who's just like, is it true if you don't use it, you lose it? (laughs) Like, the juices don't flow, so they're like, are you serious? The fucking juices don't flow? What the, she's not a steak, you asshole. (laughs) Well, the thing is, you gotta let her rest for 30 minutes. Yeah, before you cut her open, you know. That's terrible. What the fuck? Fuck. It's like you walk into a room, like the police like burst into a room. There's like a woman like tented in foil, yeah. like just resting for 30. <laughs> 30 She's almost minutes. ready, officer. She's not I'm, nearly there yet. Yeah, her near, juices yeah, weren't flowing. Trying yeah. to keep her warm there. What yeah, like are they that they they are obviously very ignorant of the of the female reproductive system. Oh yeah. I mean this is this is a, an astoundingly ignorant thing to say. The the idea that um you would even use the words legitimate rape. Um, together, uh, you know, as a, as a qualifier, oh, yeah. as if to yeah. suggest that that there are illegitimate rapes. Well, that was not. It was a less rapey. It's yeah. like it's like the it's like when Whoopi Goldberg was like, "Well, it's not rape, rape." Yeah, exactly. Rape, rape. Yeah. Like, what is this idea? I mean, it, it, we have different notions of rape, right? Like, there's statutory rape and there's marital rape, but they all have one thing in common: rape. Yeah. You know, it's like it it. it whether it's a fucking Caesar salad or a Cobb salad, it's still a fucking salad. You know, it didn't become a different fucking thing. It's still, you know, there, there's it all revolves around the issue of consent. You know, this idea that uh, that there can be such a thing as an illegitimate rape basically is a way for um, him to rhetorically remove agency from women by saying, you know, if 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 I illegitimize certain uh, rapes, then I basically get to say that the idea of consent for a woman is not important. So I can remove your agency, your sexual agency, and then it's easier for me to make decisions about your body because sure. you no longer have agency. Every one of these guys has this, they have this ulterior motive, and it's it's they want to make sure that they let you know that rape really doesn't happen a lot. And when it does happen, it doesn't result in a lot of pregnancies. Therefore, abortion is wrong because rape doesn't happen as much and it certainly doesn't produce as much children, as many babies. Uh, That's that's why they're arguing something and they're starting at a premise that doesn't even finish. It it doesn't even finish the same with, with the same product at the conclusion. It's almost like they're starting with apples and ending with oranges. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it it it's definitely a ridiculous argument, right? It's it's a basically a way for them to get away from they, they, these folks want to make a make abortion into a black and white issue, which it's it's just not. No matter what side of the aisle you're on, it's just it's an incredibly complex gray area issue, and one of the biggest 
you know, uh, difficulties in dealing with, you know, the, the issue of, of abortion for, you know, the, I hate using the term, but I'm using it, the pro-life folks, you know, one of their biggest difficulties is this question of, well, what about in cases of rape and incest? Because there's, there's clearly, uh, you know, they don't get to be judgmental then, right? Because a lot of abortion uh, has to do with, with, with slut shaming, like a lot of yeah, yeah, uh, oh, abortion yeah. opposition has to do with slut shaming. So if you take away a woman's uh, choice by, you know, invoking an instance of rape, you know, then all of a sudden we have this, this new and difficult conundrum. So this seems to me like a cheap and ridiculous way to try to back out of that, basically say like, well, that doesn't count. Yeah. Like rape doesn't really, like if it's a legitimate rape, yeah. you know, it doesn't really, <laughs> it doesn't really work. You know, the, one of the first things that occurs to me when I hear this is like, would it be a legitimate, would it be a legitimate rape? If you had a 13-year-old daughter who was statutorily raped, she consented, you know, but of course she cannot consent because she's not of an age of consent. But, uh, you know, would it – if it was if it was Todd Aiken's daughter, if he had a daughter. Sure. 13-year-old you know? impregnated by a 14-year-old. Right. Is, is now all of a sudden do we have – you know, do we have a conversation here, Todd? You know, I mean it's – this is ridiculous, this idea. You know, this is – this is like those idiots who talk about, you know, well, you know, marital rape isn't really rape. You know, there's this constant um, seeking to redefine rape in order to um, make it harder for women to um, push the issue of consent. Because that's that's what's involved here is, you know, is there consent? Is there mutual consent? It's an easy yes or fucking no. You know, but there's all these qualifiers, you know, to try to Ill- illegitimize you know these these instances of uh, sexual assault. There's a there's a part where Huckabee this week Tom pulled out a list of a bunch of people to say, well, here's a bunch of people that were products of rape, and look at how great they turned out. And he's got this big long list of people. They grew up into these great people. You know these people that you should admire. And what if they got an abortion? And I fucking cannot stand when people compare a fucking fully lived, actualized human being who has lived up to, you know, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s to a zygote. You cannot make that comparison. You can't say, you know, well, if you would have aborted him, you would have you would have missed out on something great. Right. Yeah. Who cares? You might have missed out on something awful. You might have missed out on something mediocre. You don't know what you missed out on. You're you're not and you're not aborting, you know, the 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 future person. You're aborting a tiny little spot of blood in most cases. Something that doesn't have, you know, that is not uh a baby as we would know it. But it's certainly not a human that has lived years and years and years. And that that comparison drives me up the fucking wall. Well, yeah, because it's a nonsense comparison. You know, it's it's compare. It's it, and plus it asks you to predict the future. Right. You know, when you're it's 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 a crystal ball comparison, you know. Well, you know, you're you're pregnant now with a with a, you know, the the uh, the the child of, of the person who raped you. But, you you know, you never know. Maybe that's going to turn out great. You know, look, here's some here's some people that turned out pretty great. Oh, well, great. I guess I'll just fucking crystal ball that shit and decide that they're going to turn out to be really great people. And my life will be, you know, rewarding and wonderful because I was impregnated by that, you know, fucking beatific rapist. Yeah. Like, that's not that's not really a true. You can't do that. Yeah. You know, that's 
this this has to be the choice of the woman who was attacked. Right. Like that's it. Right. There is no there is no middle ground on this. You know, whether whether she chooses whatever choice she makes, it's got to be her choice. We've you know, just by the act of having been raped, she's already been denied a basic fucking human right and a basic fucking choice. You know, that is over her 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 sexual self. So that's been stripped from her. Now the state is going to come in and take away, you know, her ability to to have reproductive uh, decisions made. Fuck that noise. You know, he's saying, okay, well, all these all these people uh, were wound up being, you know, successful and useful and, you know, people you should look up to. That's great. Their parents found a way to get past that very damaging experience and raise this child like their own. And they, on, I'll be honest, Tom, I think they should be commended. I think that is, that is something that you look at and you say, you got past a very difficult time in your life and you were able to raise a child and not have contempt for that child and to really, you know, raise this child to be somebody who is, you know, like they say, somebody you should look up to. That's great. But you can't legislate that. Like, no. it's really cool that somebody did it. It's, yep. it's admirable that someone did it. But just because somebody did something admirable doesn't mean that we're all required to do something admirable by law. Abortions for all. Very well. No abortions for anyone. Hmm. Abortions for some. Miniature American flags for others. You know, and Cecil, this this next story is from uh, the Raw story. Um, adding insult to insult to injury, um, a uh, Missouri Republican official, quote, God chose to bless women with pregnancies from rape. Um, your God sucks. <laughs> like you have the worst God. Your God's like, Hey, Hey, I got, Hey, knock, knock. Oh, who's, who's there? It's me. It's God. Oh, Hey God, what's going I got a blessing for you. Oh, really? What is it? Nah, rape. Rape. What? Yeah. You suck. (laughs) Look, we've talked about Kill Billy God before. We know. We know that he just does not know that people (laughs) don't like droughts, and he has no idea that people do not like rape. He's like, I thought y'all liked to be raped. (laughs) Mary liked it. I don't know. I mean, I sent the Holy Ghost down, and then, (laughs) you know, she had a a nice little young, and I mean, I... They they done stuck them to a stick or two, but I mean, you know, that's what we're going to do, you know? What does she say here? This is awesome. She says, um, this woman, Barnes, echoed Mr. Aiken's statement that very few rapes resulted in pregnancy, according to the, to the Times. She, and then she added that, at that point, if God has chosen to bless this person with a life, you don't kill it. That's more what I believe he was trying to say, she insisted. He just phrased it badly. And you phrased it well, you dumb fucking yokel? That's phrasing it well? You know, I I read that and I'm like, well, you you made it worse. You actually made it worse. (laughs) That's like if somebody like came up and was like, huh, house fire, huh? Oh, yeah, all my shit burned down. Well, guess I'll stab you in the face. Like, you just made it worse. (laughs) So your house burned down, huh? Well, I guess I'll just have to douse you in gasoline and light you on fire. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, by the way, I ran over your dog on the way over. So good good times. And then I raped it. (laughs) Legitimately. (laughs) 
This is, I mean, God has chosen to bless. This is this is a whole way of thinking, Cecil, that I, I simply, like, I can't get there from here, right? I can't get the idea that somebody would actually look at somebody and be like, I think you've been blessed. You've been blessed with that little baby. You know, Tom, I think I think I can get there. And the and easiest way to get there is you look at these people and you think nothing in your life has ever gone fucking totally wrong. Right. Nothing in your life has ever been fucking awful. You've never been hungry, you've never been uh poor, you've never been, you know, um the victim of an assault or, you know, the victim of a robbery or whatever, because the only way you can look at all fucking babies are a blessing. The only way you could look at the world like that is if you have never, ever, ever had to worry about feeding your child or any of that stuff. The, the, the people who have been raped in the world would never say that this woman is not a victim of a rape. Because she would, there's no way she would say that. I think that this person lived a charmed life. And they're like, oh, well, you know, every baby's a blessing. What? They're babies. They're fucking cute. What the fuck? Yeah, you know, and you also have to think, like, I, you know, hopefully the pregnancy goes well. Because they don't always. Yeah. So, I mean, there's so many other ways to be like, well, you know, the state said that you've been raped. So, that's a blessing. So, uh, congratulations on your blessing. Yeah. And, uh. You know, I hope everything goes well with the pregnancy. They don't always, so there's a possibility you could die from that and uh, have complications. Certainly, that happens. And, yeah, we'll uh, try so. to save the baby before we right, save yeah, you. Right? Yeah, you know, I mean, the baby will get yeah. a. You know, we don't want to be rude. You Preferential know, but, treatment. So yeah. we'll we'll definitely try to. You know, if you have cancer or something, we, you know, we can't treat that. You know, you're pregnant and all with the rapist yeah, no, baby. No, so the, yeah, rapist yeah, baby. It's fucking yeah. crazy, right? Yep. And who's gonna pay for that pregnancy? Right? Is the state gonna say, "Oh, well, we forced you to carry that"? That child against your will, so we'll go ahead and pay for the the medical care and treatment. You know the delivery. You know, no, of course not. They're not going to offer shit. They're just going to basically be like, "Oh, you got an extra blessing. You got a fucking yeah. pocketbook blessing now." Yeah. Well, and that's and that's the thing that really burns my ass is that you have all these people that are so against socialized medicine. They're so against um, welfare and 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 that sort of thing. Social programs in general. But they're the type of people who are like, nope, every fucking baby gets born. Right. Every yep. goddamn baby that gets fucking put there, every fucking speck of zygote gets fucking fully actualized. That's the way we roll here. You And I don't give a fiddlers. Fuck what happens to it. The moment it gets born, it's your fucking problem. But until then, goddamn it, it's going to get born. It's, pardon me while I go blow up a fucking Middle Eastern nation. You know? <laughs> Fuck you guys. You know, fucking... Carrying the fucking cross on your back. Oh, look at how pro-life we are. Look at how pro-life we are. Except for the moment that that life is born or it's fucking too brown or it lives around the other fucking side of the fucking world, nobody cares about it anymore. I'm Raymond Massey, and I have a special message for senior citizens. Today's doctors, drugs, and medical devices truly work medical miracles for young and old alike. But there are some as phony as a $3 bill. Investigate before you invest in health services or products. Help stamp out quackery. This story is from Slate.com. I like the title of this story. Quackery and mumbo jumbo. Mumbo jumbo. In the U.S. military. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Cupping, moxibustion, and battlefield acupuncture are endangering troops. First, I gotta say... 
Battlefield acupuncture? Aren't you already worried about being punctured on the battlefield? Maybe you could find a different place for the acupuncture. Like, some guy's running out. You're like, oh, fuck. Just fucking roadside bomb just blew up. People are shooting. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I got to stick some needles in you. Be like, I need the blood in my body. I need less (laughs) holes in me. I am not in a place right now where on this battlefield, I need more holes in my body. Um, I also want to point out, Cecil, that cupping... Mm-hmm. Looks hilarious because it makes you look like an old timey radio. It totally does. <laughs> you know how you tune in Tokyo. Though. You know what I mean? Like, that's what you gotta worry. About. Like, hey, turn over. It's time for the happy ending. This is a good story because because uh, I really like the way it's written. And there's a great quote from this article that I want to read. Um, it says, "I can't. It can't be stressed enough that the plural of anecdote is not data." Uncontrolled observations usually lead us astray, observing that some number out of 1,000 patients improved with acupuncture is meaningless unless we know how many would have improved without it. And I love that. The plural of anecdote is not data. I love that. That is is pretty awesome. That's pretty spectacular. You know, it's funny because I – this I probably shouldn't say this. My my wife worked for a – uh, traditional Chinese medicine doctor years ago, back when we were in college. And uh, she had the cupping and the... Uh, I've had acupuncture because I was curious about it. She's had acupuncture, the moxibustion, all that stuff. What the fuck is moxibustion? Uh, yeah, I don't remember offhand. I know the term, though. I think that's where they like... They let, me, light, let me look it up. They light Moxie. some stinky shit. They light some stinky shit. Well, don't they do that anyway? It's a medicine therapy using mugwort herb. Plays an important role in medical systems of China. They basically just light stinky shit and run it around the, the room. Burn the fluff or process it further into a safe stick. It can be used indirectly with acupuncture needles or burn it into the patient's skin. Ooh. Yeah. That doesn't sound good. <laughs> No, you know it's so funny. And like it's like you go to the doctor's, like, hold on, I gotta fucking die a cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I went, I went to the doctor. He just started throwing matches at yeah. me. What the fuck? It was so you've had acupuncture done. I have, yeah. And did it did it do anything for you? No, it just feels kind of weird because you have needles in your face and what have you. They that's the thing is they put needles kind of all over you. They get like at least this guy. You know, you put dozens, probably a. Two dozen. I don't want to exaggerate. But it, was, it was more than twenty needles all over you. There's them I mean, in your face and like in your nose and sure. your arms and chest and legs and I mean just fucking everywhere. You're just like a pin cushion. Right. But they don't really hurt. They're these really really small needles. They don't really hurt. They don't go in very deep at all. They just kind of sit there. Um, and then the rest of the time you're in this very calm and relaxing environment with low music, and they put things in, and then they leave for forty five minutes. So if you're in a place in your life where it's like, wait a minute, I have 45 minutes in a in a in a in a, in a room that's nice and quiet with soft music playing. It's there's no way you walk out of there and don't feel relaxed. You just don't need the needles in your sure, face. Sure, just lay down somewhere. Right. Give them a couch. It's like you basically just took a nap. Yeah. Like somebody power napped you, and you paid them for yeah. it. Well, now you can get damaged from acupuncture. You can get damaged from it. They. Uh, inexperienced people will, can put the needle too far in, especially in like like sensitive areas like the spine and places. So they, they, you can actually get damaged from acupuncture. Did you see in this article too? This would be this would be the last thing we say about this. Um, 
the the idea is that well, by the way the idea is that um the US military is paying a lot of money for this and this person basically just goes through this long list of why it's not useful but one of the things here it says and now it uh it is hiring acupuncturists and i the it is the army um for its pain clinic at Fort Sam Houston at an annual salary of $68,000 to $89,000 a year. The job description says the candidate will offer the full array of the most current and emerging evidence-based approaches to integrative medicine for patients with acute and chronic pain who have not responded well to conventional treatment modalities. So you're going to be shoveling them bullshit. For 90K a year. I don't even know how they're going to fill that position, right? How do you fill the position where it's like, well, uh, we want to know what, you know, your experience with evidence-based yeah, bullshit. Right. Well, I, don't I don't have, have any, any evidence. Because bullshit is yeah. necessarily not evidence-based. Yeah. Oh, well, I can carry on then. Yeah. 90K, though. That's a good amount of money. And, you know, really, it's it's not – it's it's just helping people as much as placebo is helping people. Um, and it's a waste of money because there could be more money spent on resources to help these people with these things that they're that they're trying to help them with. They're not they're not able to go to the the real treatment. They're going to these other alternative treatments. It's, it's it's a waste of time and money. And I will say the cupping leaves incredible bruising. It, yeah, it's like it's like fucking getting attacked by like six giant leeches. <laughs> Maybe that's what they should do. They should just fucking bloodlet again. You know, why not at this point? Why not? Right. I'm sure there's people that do it. Well, I know we're going to get an email now that people are like, well, they really do use leeches. I know they use leeches. Yeah. You don't have to tell me. I know they use leeches and maggots. I know. But we don't just drain people of their blood. That was the joke. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to take a break and give you all the information that you need to find us on Facebook, on Twitter, send us emails, voicemails, Google Plus messages, and uh, don't forget, we are Cecil right now at $940 raised for the Apocalypse Without Borders. So if you have a moment, you can go to our website, DissonancePod.com, and chip in. There's a chip-in widget there, and you can donate to Doctors Without Borders uh, through Cognitive Dissonance. So if you have any inclination to do that, now is the time. Want to contact Cognitive Dissonance? Visit them on Facebook. You can find the link at the website, DissonancePod.com, or type it in the Facebook search bar. Be sure to follow the guys on Twitter. Their handle is at dissonance underscore pod. The guys also post to Google Plus now, too, so check them out there. And if you'd like to email them, you can do so at dissonance.podcast at gmail.com. You can also leave a comment on the blog at their webpage or give them a call at 740-74-DOUBT. That's 740-743-6828. Long-distance rates apply. And to everyone who listens, shares, retweets, or rates the show, Cognitive Dissonance would like to cordially thank you for all of your fucking support. So this next story is, uh, I'm actually going to reference the petition, because I think the petition is something that should be uh, signed. Um, So there's a petition at change.org. We'll put a link to it up on our website, dissonancepod.com. Um, and it refers to the uh, story of Tony Nicholson. Now, Tony Nicholson is a, uh, a gentleman who's recently deceased who had uh, petitioned for the right to die. He wanted to die with some dignity. He wanted to not have a horrible, unbelievably painful exit from this world. Unfortunately, Cecil, his uh, right to die with dignity, euthanasia, was denied. Yeah, um, he wound up starving to death, um, basically went on a hunger strike. Um, not taking any food, 
and uh, not taking anything intravenously and died. And uh, and it's it's a sad thing, Tom, that the only way that this guy, you know, like other people that actually have agency of their own body, right? Right. They can end it. Like I can walk, I can walk over to my my. If I really wanted to end it, I could walk into my bathtub, fill it with hot water or whatever, and cut my wrists or cut my arms or whatever you do to kill yourself. I don't know, like, what the most efficient cut is. But I'll tell you what, I would research that, and then I would figure right. out most efficient cut, figure it out, kill myself. I can do that. I can end my life and end my pain and end my suffering right now. Um, it's kind of a gruesome death, but it's not It's not so bad. Uh it's not as bad as what this guy had to do because if anybody were to do that to him, they would be considered a murderer. They would be considered they would get they would have charges of murder. But instead, um you know, he basically has to let himself waste away and die. Eventually died in pneumonia, I think was what somebody had said. Um Right. And that's a that's a fucking shitty horrible thing. This guy wanted to die didn't have much to live for, couldn't move his body, and yet, for some reason, just like we were talking about earlier, pro-life, got to stay alive. You know, doesn't it, doesn't it just remind you that this idea that, that um, uh, you know, just, just being alive is more important than any quality of life at right. all? That, that there's no, um, in, this, in this conversation on the other side, there's no... Uh, recognition that that sometimes for some people in certain circumstances, um, living is not a good thing. Um, living is not a, an inherent good. Everything is contextual, right? You know, even being fucking alive is contextual. When when you've reached a point in your life, um, and you know, also let's recognize that this is um, this is a, a modern problem, and it demands a modern solution. Because, you know, in a bygone age, and I don't mean that far gone, I mean 100, 150, 200 years ago or more, you know, so for the vast majority of human history, you know, this individual would never have survived without tremendous amounts of medical intervention, caretakers. So we have a modern problem. That modern problem is that there are people who's, um, who, who are alive when they don't want to be. Um, and because we have a system set up, which is sort of as at least in the states, it's it's almost it's almost hilariously hypocritical, right? It's like, well, you have to be alive. Well, fucking, I don't want to be alive. Yeah, well, you didn't kill anybody. I mean, if you killed somebody, we might take sure, your we life because you. you know yeah. capital punishment. Oh, well, yeah, I'm not a terrible human being. Oh, well, then you have to be alive. Well, it's fucking horrible for me. Well, we're gonna keep you alive against your will. Well, will you at least pay for that? No, oh, no. no. You're footing yeah. the bill. Like, what? Yeah, it's, it's, it's it is. It's stupid. And there's going to be somebody who's an adult who's in his own right mind or her own right mind and is going to say, you know what? I want to end it. Not because I'm depressed, not because, uh, you know, my fucking boyfriend or my girlfriend broke up with me, but for a real legitimate reason. Like, I have fucking pancreatic cancer, or I have stage four colon cancer, and I'm puking up, like, diarrhea out of my mouth or something. You know what I mean? Like, some awful shit that nobody should have to live through. And we're going to look at them and be like, you know what? Sorry, got to tough that shit out. That's a fucking rough go, but you know what? Tough it out. That is fucking ridiculous. Yeah, well, it's, you know, it's, it's like, well, you have to suffer. Why? Well, because I love you. What? Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't really love you. I just love life. 
You know, unless you're poor and brown and overseas, then you know, because that shit's funny, you know, <laughs> you know, and, and they throw up these roadblocks, Cecil, as if they're these insurmountable problems. Right. You know, and they, they, the counter arguments are always so weak. They're things like, well, you know, how do you make sure the system isn't abused to force people who are, um, <clears throat> you know, uh, who need a lot of care or who are particularly vulnerable or susceptible, you know, so that the system doesn't, you know, basically suggesting that there's going to be abuse that's going to turn people towards suicide that otherwise would have chosen to live that you know they'll be but but the the problem with that argument to me is a it's it's easy to set up a, a minor bureaucracy which skirts that issue see holland right you know they've they've done it there's a model for it oregon has it there's a model for it um it's not terribly difficult to create a model which will prevent abuse. Suicide is also not terribly attractive to most people. Um, you know, and again, there's ways to make sure that people for whom suicide might be attractive in the moment um, don't avail themselves of this particular uh, method for, for ending their lives. Um, but I, I also want to point out that it is, it is the height of governmental hubris. It is, there is no larger... Uh, governmental interference than saying that, you, you know, we want to make sure that somebody who wants to end their own suffering, who wants to end their own life, um, they can't do that because the government won't let them. That is an overreach and it is an overstep. Yeah. You know, if you have any control of your life, you need to have control over the end of your life. And I think it's entirely reasonable for people to make if, – if this was available, I would make estate planning and death planning decisions today. Right. While I'm, I'm here and I'm hearty and hale and healthy and, you know – but I have strong feelings on how I want to go out of this world. And the way I want to go out of this world isn't fucking writhing in pain, shitting myself in front of my fucking family members as they close their eyes and silently wait for me to die. Right. That's not – and. You know, that's not for me. I'll pass on that if I can. There's a lot of people that don't want that. And I think as time goes on, we're going to see more and more states open up to this sort of thing. The The conservatives in this country, you would think you would want to – if you're a conservative, you would say, I want the government to be as small as possible. I want the government to be out of my life as much as possible. OK, well, then why are you telling people when they need to have a kid? Why are you telling people when they that they need to stay alive? That, you know, your party is is saying one thing and doing another all the time. How do you fucking I mean, that is cognitive dissonance, right? And now this week in Bronze Age Ethics. Dateline Jericho, April 20th, 1400 B.C.E. This week on the front, we gave the dirty Canaanites a taste of some new experimental weaponry. A horn developed by Joshua, one of the twelve spies of Israel, has the city reeling. This new horn has the power to knock down even the most fortified city wall. It also comes in two colors, bone white or this stylish black. The horn has been used on the front with a rousing success. One of the witnesses had this to say. When the people heard the sound of the horns, they shouted as loud as they could. Suddenly... The walls of Jericho collapsed, and the Israelites charged straight into the city from every side and captured it. They completely destroyed everything in it. Men and women, young and old, cattle, sheep, donkeys, everything. 
Take that, you filthy Canaanites. Next time you'll know better and surrender. And if you see us coming, to take over and slaughter another one of your cities, a word of advice. Hide your donkeys. This has been This Week in Bronze Age Ethics. Well, Cecil, it turns out this show is the heavy subject yeah, no show. <laughs> right? This, uh, this story is from usnews.nbcnews.com forward slash news. Uh, ruled innocent by judge two years ago, Los Angeles man remains in prison. Um, this, is an, uh, this is really a truly awful story. This is a, a story about a, a, a man who um, was ruled innocent in 1999. He was convicted of possession of a concealed weapon. He was sentenced to 27 years to life. Um, it, it was in California. California has a th- three strikes law. This was his third strike. His two strikes prior were burglary. Uh, burglary. I want to point that out. Not armed robbery, but burglary. Um, his last conviction um, has since been overturned. His, his conviction has been, he's been ruled innocent. Not just, not, not just thrown out on a technicality, but he was ruled innocent by a judge. He remains in prison two years later because they didn't innocent him enough quick enough. Like, he wasn't into innocent did did fast <laughs> enough. Of course, playing here, but um, two fucking years. Now, you look at this and you think, well, that's an egregious right. example of, ju- uh, of the justice system failing, completely failing. And how is the three strikes law benefiting this man or the or the California or American populace at all. It doesn't even feel like it's three strikes either. It feels like two strikes and a foul ball. Right. Because <laughs> because he should have one more at bat here, I think. Because the fact is is that is that the third one wasn't even a strike. The third one he was found innocent of. I don't understand the this is all just bureaucracy. I don't understand how we've got to this point in this country where bureaucracy can keep you in a fucking jail cell. We have overdone right. and overthought some things. And the three strikes rule does not stop criminals from doing shit. Like it's not a it's not an effective way to stop people from doing stuff. We know that criminals don't think about the the punishment when they do the crime cuz no a lot of criminals don't think they're going to get caught. That's why the death penalty doesn't work because criminals don't look at that and be like, "Well, fuck, I don't want to kill another person cuz I don't want to perhaps die." Nobody thinks about that when they're killing someone else. It's you know so the idea that uh, that the three strikes rule does anything, um, you know what it's doing is is it's putting away career criminals right. That's that may be a good thing, but at the same time, if it's three burglaries, you're saying that's a life in prison. Do you think that that's equal to life in prison? Well, and imagine you know I mean you you could have those three burglaries in a very short period of time. You know you could. Hey, to, to throw somebody in jail forever, just, well, you're going to be in prison forever. That's That seems to me like nothing more than a way to build prisons. Yeah. That seems like a great way to yeah. build prisons. It seems like a terrible way to rehabilitate, because obviously rehabilitation is not an option with somebody in prison sure. forever. It seems like a great way to make sure that there's a, a, a huge disruption to families. It seems like a great way to uh, burden the state financially. Um, it, it just seems like a, a, a ridiculous, ridiculous thing to do. The three strikes law just simply, it, it just doesn't work. It's not an effective uh, thing. It's effective only at making sure that we have, you know, percentage-wise, one of the largest prison populations on yeah, the planet. Absolutely. 
we have an incredible number of people incarcerated. Um, and if you look at the total number of people who have been incarcerated, um, the, the, the numbers are astonishing, you know, and they're all and, and those numbers are disproportionately um, African-American. They're disproportionately affecting um, communities which are uh, minority communities. You know, three strikes law is not doing anyone any favors. And the idea that this guy, I mean, here's an idea. In order for you to support the three strikes law, you have to be able to say our justice system is perfect. Right. Right. You have to be able to say, I'm okay with putting somebody in prison fucking forever, just stripping them of their of their freedom, of their livelihood, of their lives, of their ability to connect with and maintain meaningful relationships with friends and family. You are taking their life in every way but the physical. And you're throwing them in jail. And in order for you to be comfortable doing that, I think you have to be able to say, we didn't make a mistake. And we're 100% sure of it. And you look at stuff like this, and you look at the existence of something like the Innocence Project, and you say, well, we don't have a perfect system. So maybe rules that are unbending, and that offer no flexibility, no context, no room for... Uh, judgment, maybe those aren't good rules to have. The prison system we have is totally not about rehabilitation at all. It is so not about rehabilitation. And other countries work on rehabilitation and and their levels are down so much. There's like, especially like the Scandinavian countries, look at some of their prisons. They don't even look like prisons. They look like a fucking lodge that you hang out with like six other dudes in. Like they do not look like a prison at all, and they the people that have a have a a very low chance of going back, even at a you know a cushy prison, so to speak. They have a very low chance of going back. What are they doing right, and what the fuck are we doing wrong? And there's a lot of things we're doing wrong. You pointed out when you say there's a disproportionate number of blacks to to other races. There's also some bias, a lot of bias in our country, even still. When it comes to crime and and uh, and being black, and they are uh, found innocent a lot less often, and they wind up they wind up doing a lot of time. You have to look at that and say, well, why is that? Yeah, you absolutely are. You know, African Americans get stiffer sentences for the same conviction um, than, than any other minority. There's there, it's not even close. Um, many many studies have been done where all other factors have been. Uh, factored out, and African Americans get more time. So even if you're just looking at person A and person B are convicted, person A is African American, person B isn't. Uh, the African American gets more prison time every time, even if it's a first. Uh, they, they've even controlled this to, uh, you know, first offenses and what have you. Doesn't matter. You know, if 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 the white guy gets a year, the black guy gets three. And I don't I don't know if that's really one to three ratio, but there is uh, there are many many studies which I've seen that 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 promote this idea that seem to be um, pretty hard and fast and pretty well designed, and the, and it's it's honestly become pretty common knowledge at this point. Um, you know, see, so we'd be remiss at this point if we didn't talk a little bit about capital punishment. Right. Um, I look at this, and the first thing I think is. You know, what if he had been wrongly convicted of? Because he was wrongly convicted of, of concealing a weapon, you know. So he didn't do this thing. So person A did not do action B. So he could have, he could have just as easily have been convicted of, you know, committing some murder. 
And had that been the case, capital punishment may have been on the table. Capital punishment still available um, and used in the United States. The United States is fifth in the world in terms of uh, numbers of people who are uh, put to death by the oh justice system. Fifth in the world. Even Pakistan has a moratorium on the death penalty right now, a national moratorium. Fucking Pakistan isn't putting people to death right now. The United States still does it in many, many states. And again, we have a demonstrably imperfect justice system. So if you've got a person who is may not be guilty, found guilty, convicted, all that shit, this guy was too, who cares, happens all the time, Innocence Project has released um, or exonerated many, many people. Those people are as not guilty as me, right? They're as innocent of those crimes as you or I or your brother or sister. But the state was ready and willing to kill them, to end their fucking lives. And how that can be justified, I, I, I simply, I, I don't understand that. Cecil, this could be my favorite story of the week. I don't know. It's close. This is from BBC News. Um, This is a story, Ramadan fasting dilemma, when the sun never sets. Um, This story is spectacular. This is a story about um, the Muslims who live in the Arctic Circle, basically, and, you know, Finland and, you know, other parts of the world, um, where for several months of the year, the sun just doesn't really set. Now, of course, if you are a great follower of Ramadan, like we are. Yeah, oh yeah. Here, cognitive dissonance. You know that you have to fast until sunset. Which means if you happen to live near the Arctic Circle, you're kind of fucked. (laughs) It's totally true. You know, I think there's a way to solve this problem. And it's by uh, doing something my dear dead papa used to say, and that's uh, you need to go where the sun doesn't shine. That's the key. Uh, you know, I, I I was looking it up today and I was I was checking it out. You know, up there, they have really long days. They're saying that days can be like 20 hours long. But you could find a place, you know, if you fi- go all the way to like the, the southern part of South America, you can find a place to live during Ramadan where your days are, you know, sometime between around five and six hours a day. <laughs> Eat no problem. Food. I mean, come on. You could do five, six hours standing on your head. No worries. Maybe you could. No. <laughs> what if you were in Antarctica? You know what I mean? Like it, it never sh- – it, it supposed – well, it does, I guess, rise and set, but it's very short. You know, hour, two hours a day or something like that. Oh, it'd be great. You're just constant eating. You're just – you're only taking a break to take a dump. You know, you just got to – I could just eat 20 straight hours. Eat those little fucking crispy little curry things they make and just fucking chow down <laughs> on them, man. You know, you read this and isn't it just so evident that this is a, a I mean, and obviously it is, a, a, a religion and a bunch of religious principles in, in a book and a series of rules written by a fucking desert people who knew nothing of the Arctic. I don't, you would think God would have accounted for this, right? Maybe they just don't have the appendix. 
Maybe like it's like Appendix B of the Quran. They're just like, oh, do we have? Did anybody remember to get the append? No. Fuck. What do we do? I don't know. Fucking set your clock to Mecca. Whatever. Fuck it. It's it's a ridiculous idea that this is really a true thing. Yeah. When you take into account something so evident like this, it's hilarious. Yeah, and and, and you're absolutely right. Um, you know, they didn't have when they wrote the Quran. They didn't have an iPhone app to tell you what it was in Mecca. You know what I mean? They didn't have that app. They didn't have an app for that. So, uh, so the fact is, is that they're spending their, you know, certain people in this in this uh, country, as if I, I want to say that like the limit is eighteen hours. So eighteen hour days is your limit. After that, you can rely on Mecca time. So whatever Mecca, Mecca time, time is, you can rely on that and not eat during those times. Um, I just, you know, it just seems weird to me, too, when you think about it. You're like, okay, well, God's going to like me more because I didn't eat a food. I don't, wait, what? Like, you're God. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's like you're you're giving something up. You're sacrificing something. But uh, I don't know. But it, it's only a mild inconvenience. Yeah, really, because you can eat later. Right. It's not, like, it's not like I'm fasting for, like, days and days and days to give something up. I'm just, you know, not doing a thing. This person in this article, though, for 20 hours, they didn't drink any water. So what do they got to do? Like fucking, it's like they're going to run a marathon. They got to Gatorade up like right before the sun rises. <laughs> like they're, they're like pouring Gatorade over their head, like drinking cups after cups of Gatorade to make sure they're hydrated throughout the rest of the day. Because you know you're going to have a fucking nasty headache and stank breath at the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> well, and what do you do if you're, you know, like if you're a Muslim living in in the Arctic Circle and you're working like, manual labor like let's say you're working on like a let's say you're in alaska for example and you're working on the pipeline you know and it's same thing it's 20 21 hours between you know times you can eat i'm burning thousands of calories a day i'm fucking dehydrating quickly yeah well sir you're fucked yeah sorry yeah just uh you know god wants you to be hungry and thirsty and dehydrated and Wait, what? Why? I thought he loved me. You would yeah, just well, have I don't know. the shittiest headache for the entirety of Ramadan. You just have this fucking nasty dehydration headache the entire time. Be all pissy. <laughs> and, you know, can you imagine saying that to, like, your friends or family? Like, hey, you know, I I, uh, I really love you. Oh, yeah, I love you, too. Prove it. What? Don't eat anything. Yeah, just till tonight. Wait, can't I just tell you that I love you <laughs> instead? Like, can't we just be good with the can't? Can't I say it and you say it and we both believe it? Like, can I bake you a pie instead? Instead, it's like, give something up. <laughs> this story is from abcnews.go.com. Obviously, that's the mobile address. Um, girl, 11, could face death in Pakistan for blasphemy. Oh, Pakistan. Who are you kidding? First of all, you have a moratorium. You're not tricking anybody, yeah. <laughs> Pakistan. I looked it up on Wikipedia, bitch. Um, but uh, this is a story about an 11-year-old uh, mentally challenged, possibly Down syndrome uh, young girl, 11 years old, who may or may not have damaged a Koran. And so she has been arrested on blasphemy charges after a mob of five or 600 people swarmed her house. Yeah, well, you know, she's lucky that she wasn't killed like that one guy who was killed uh, by the mob there because that mob right. killed that guy right? Um, who did the almost the exact same thing, burned a Koran or tore some pages out of a Koran, and they killed him. Um, so she's lucky. She should feel lucky. But, uh, but really, you know, we're going we're gonna to look at an 11-year-old and we're going to say, oh, 
well, you know, she made a decision that we should be able to, she didn't made a decision so heinous that we should be able to end her life. And not that she fucking, you know, cut her mom up with a fucking, you know, butcher <laughs> shears, you know, no, not that. No, she fucking accidentally or purposefully burned or tore pages out of the Quran. Right. It's like that's well, I, the heinous crime that you're going to fucking put her to death for. There's got to be, you know, there's a people who look at a paper and a little girl and they want to protect the paper. Yeah. And and you have to look at those people and say your priorities could not be more wrong right. here. You simply can't be more wrong. There's not a further wrong that you can get when you look at a paper and a little girl and you say, yeah, I mean, like we value like little girls and, you know, human life. But I mean, paper, yeah. <laughs> you can see like if you're throwing like, you know, like rock little girl <laughs> paper, <laughs> paper always covers little girl. Paper does. Paper wins everything then because it covers rock, too. <laughs> right. Well, and it turns out that you actually have to use the rocks to stone the little girl. So little girl actually never wins. Little girl loses all the time. Right. Rock wins yeah. once in a while. Paper always wins. Always wins. So we got a lot of email this time. Uh, we're going to truck through some of these here. Uh, we got an email from Kyle. I got, I'm going to read this one, Tom. It says, the headline for the first story, and this is the story about those uh, those wonderful people in the Walmart parking lot that tied up their children with uh, tied up their children and then put duct tape on them uh, because they thought they were possessed. Uh, Kyle says, the headline for your first story should have been, silence is golden, but duct tape is silver. <laughs> we like that, Kyle. Thanks for sending Bravo, it. Kyle. Steve, Steve sent us an email, Tom. Uh, Jake was a Jake last time that was on our show. Um, there was a little bit of an incorrect, and I don't, this wasn't on our show. This was actually on his show that we were talking about this. Um, if you missed it last week, we were on uh, the imaginaryfriendshow.com podcast. Uh, we spent the entire hour with Jake. So if you haven't listened yet, um, it's another chance to listen to us if you so desire. So and Jake's a great guy. And he's a, I mean, his show is fun. Yeah. It's funny. He's a great. And it's guy. a he's a great he's a great host. And he and he uh, really gave us some some free reign to uh, to swear a lot on his show. Uh, which I guess he normally doesn't have people do. Um, so it was great to go on. But if you get a chance, take a listen to it. Um, but on his show, there was a moment where uh, both of us were just slack-jawed when he said, um, first he asked us what the 19th Amendment was, and we knew it was women's suffrage. And he, he was like shocked. He, I can't believe <laughs> no, that you would know this. And he said, he said, well, Australians wouldn't know their constitution. And then a few seconds later, he proved that Australians <laughs> don't know their constitution by saying that it took until 1966 for the uh, women to vote in Australia. He was wrong. It was the Aborigines. Uh, the Aboriginal voting was granted in 1966. Still heinous, still stupid, but uh, but not. it wasn't the same as not giving women the right to vote until then. It looks like actually they were pretty early on giving women the right to vote. Yeah, 1902. Yeah, looks like so. That's 
it, it's not totally different. It's not it's like, just totally different. It's not too. like fucking 1801, though. I mean, like, let's not <laughs> let's stop fucking jacking ourselves off here and saying how great Australia is. It was still 1900s. We got an email uh, from Andrew, and Andrew had some great comments. Uh, Andrew is a podcast contributor for the Pod Delusion. Uh, he wanted to know. He's curious uh, how heavily we edit. Um, and how much do we go over stray talkovers and splutters and such? Um, or are we just good radio speakers? No, we're not good radio speakers. What happens is, is Tom and I record on two separate tracks, and then I cut out all of Tom's coughing, which is most of the show. Yeah, he takes then, about four yeah, hours like just to do four that. four straight hours of coughing that I have to remove. And then there's there's normally talkover. And then there's pauses that I edit out most of the time, the pauses, because when you have a conversation over Skype, it's really hard to have a conversation that flows well. Tom and I are practiced at it, so we we sound natural, but there's a lot of times where there's just these awkward, nasty, stupid pauses that happen, and people don't edit them out. And I have no idea why people don't edit these pauses. It takes 10 seconds to edit out your pauses, and nobody does it. Um, but we edit out the pauses. Yeah, he also had a, had a comment about something that you had said, Tom. Yeah, he says that uh, our response in uh, question in episode 61 about being an angry atheist, he's, he said that uh, he found that profound. Um, he realized he was assuming that uh, the question was either or. Um, and to be told that there's nothing wrong with being in a cycle was enlightening. That is the one and only time I will ever have profound and uh, something I've said mentioned in the same fucking paragraph. <laughs> so I do sincerely appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, and that in this show, the Pod Delusion, I I listened to it. I had never. I, I apologize, Andrew. I had never heard of it. Um, and uh, and I listened to it this week, and it's actually a really neat show. It sounds a lot like something off of NPR. Um, it's one person who sort of uh, runs the show, and then a bunch of people contribute, and they. They write little scripts and then they talk about certain things. And I listened to some. I specifically went to go find some of your work, Andrew. And and you're very good, uh, great great writing and uh, and and very interesting. So um, so good luck on on the pod delusion and I, and I hope it works out for you. It's really it's really a great show. So if you get a chance, check it out. We got an email about fasting from Warren. Uh, we did. We got an email from Warren. Um, Warren basically uh, says that we had made uh, – I like two, by the way, that he says the team. Yeah, the team. <laughs> we're, we're a team of we two are. people. Uh, we made several comments about Ram and I in particular, how stupid fasting is and how your body needs to metabolize. Uh, Warren, we were talking about our bodies, yeah. uh, which desperately need to always metabolize yeah. as evidenced by my insatiable hunger. Yeah. Um, which uh, is also evidenced by my incredible girth. Uh, Michael sends an email, Tom, about meetups. Yeah, there was a question raised previously about, uh, well, you know, how do you develop a sense of community when you don't have church? I'm paraphrasing, of course. Um, And uh, Michael suggests, hey, you know, go to meetup. So you can go to meetup.com. Meetup.com is a uh, a good, good suggestion. You know, if people are having a difficult time um, finding a social circle, finding a community, finding a group, uh, that's kind of why Meetup was really invented. It's a good idea. Um, other organizations to check out, he suggests, are the American Humanists and Secular Humanism Societies. Find chapters in your area. Um, you know, that's uh, th- those are good suggestions. If you live in an area where it's difficult for you to develop that sense of community, um, where your friends, your family, you know, your location sort of precludes uh, those people from from being uh, like minded in your neighborhood. 
you know, just go outside your comfort zone. Uh, that's why we have the internets. We got an email from uh, Faith or Fiction. This is a, a gentleman by the name of Ezekiel who has uh, faithorfiction.wordpress.com as their blog. Uh, and, and Ezekiel says uh, that there's this new movement called Atheism Plus, and uh, they, uh, Ezekiel wanted to know what we thought about it. Now, there's a blog post where you say that uh, the person is basically calling other people douchebags, telling them to join us or get the fuck out. Um, what's our opinion on this? I will say that the basic values uh, of Atheist Plus, our Atheism Plus, are the following. They care about social justice, support women's rights, protest racism, fight homophobia and transphobia, use critical thinking and skepticism. Um, I think that's fucking great. I think that that's, you know, when people talk about atheism, and this happens a lot, and if you listen to like Skeptics with a K, when somebody says something about atheists, they immediately say, atheist is just a fucking non-belief in God, period, that's it. That's the entirety of it. And really, that's the definition. And they're wholly right when they say that. But I think, Tom, you and I, for a long time, have been uh, atheist plus. That's what the show, I think, is based on. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's it's the idea that that atheism and humanism go hand in hand. They're not requirements. They're not prerequisites in either way. Um, But they do do or they should go hand in hand. Um, And... uh, you know, for a long time, I've joked about having a no quarter policy. You know, if there's people in your life or in your social circle or in your workplace or whatever um, that uh, behave incredibly poorly toward women or toward minorities, toward homosexuals, um, toward uh, people in the LGBT community in general, um, you know, they should have no safe place to be. They should be removed from your social circles. They should be removed from, you know, all parts of civilized society for behaving in a way that is uncivilized. And if we're going to have something halfway organized, you know, if we're going to have the amazing meeting and we're going to have, you know, other events like Skepticon and we're going to have, you know, a sort of atheist movement, for lack of a better word, an atheist movement, an atheist community, an atheist group, and, you know, that's diverse and it encompasses you know, a, a variety of different things because atheism, as you mentioned, isn't really something. So it's difficult to organize. But if you're going to organize around something, organize around the shared goals of basic humanism. So we got an email from Michael, and Michael sends us a, a, a video. This video was also posted a couple times on our uh, on our Facebook page. Um, this video, I'm going to post it for this episode. It's a song, and this song is by Taylor Ferreira. Um, it's, it's a song called legitimate rape and it's very funny. It's Tom and I laughed at it when beforehand we, we thought it was great. Um, I don't want to play it mainly because I want you to see the video because I think if you heard it, you might laugh, but when you watch the video, you will almost certainly laugh because her facial expressions and the way she sings it is absolutely hilarious. It's terrific. She does a great job. It's very funny. Um, so uh, so take a look at it. It'll be on our website. We're going to link directly to her uh, to her YouTube video. Thank you um, for sending it in to us. The last email we got is from Stephen, and he says profanity is not a thing. Stephen is a uh, somewhat new listener, um, and uh, he agrees. He says it's fucking ridiculous that there are people out there in this world that still find curse words 
offensive fucking A, yeah, Steven. No <laughs> it, it really is just a silly, isn't it? It's just, you listen to it, it's like, oh, man, you guys are you're cursing too much. You're uptight. Yeah. I don't know what else to tell you. <laughs> you believe in curse words. <laughs> right. Uh, we want to thank the people this week that took the time out of their schedule to rate us on iTunes. Um, when I mentioned that we got that negative review last week, a couple people went and said, no, this review is not helpful. Uh, so thank you for that. And other people uh, wrote some great reviews. Some of them were just like, you know, really? It's an adult show. And what? You didn't see the disclaimer, dumb fuck, you know? So thank you for writing reviews. We always appreciate every review we get on iTunes. Remember that if you do rate us on iTunes, it raises our rank up. Um, when people get a lot of uh, ratings, they wind up going up several ranks. But we've been hovering one or two for a while uh, because people have been so good about rating us and also subscribing on iTunes. So we want to thank everybody. Um, we're doing pretty well in Atheism Other, uh, fighting it out, I think, with the thinking atheist most days and reasonable doubts most days, which is good. That's good company to oh, keep. Awesome. Good company yeah, to keep. Is. So thank you yeah, very much for, for all that. Uh, we don't have any more... Um, disclaimers at this point. Remember that if you want to write a disclaimer for our show, uh, you can send it to dissonance.podcast at gmail.com. Read a disclaimer. Read it into uh, some sort of recording program. Send us the the audio file. And if we like it, we'll play it. Uh, But you're just going to have to stick with our disclaimer that we made for this week. Um, And uh, and as usual, though, we're going to leave you with the Skeptic's Creed. Credulity is not a virtue. It's fortune cookie cutter, mommy issue, hypno Babylon bullshit. Couched in scientician, double bubble, toil and trouble, pseudo quasi alternative, acupunctuating, pressurized, stereogram, pyramidal, free energy, healing, water, downward spiral, brain dead pan, sales pitch, late night info docutainment. Leo Pisces, cancer cures, detox, reflex, foot massage, death and towers, tarot cars, psychic healing, crystal balls, Bigfoot, Yeti, aliens, churches, mosques and synagogues, temples, dragons, giant worms, Atlantis, dolphins, truthers, birthers, witches, wizards, vaccine nuts, shaman healers, evangelists, conspiracy, doublespeak, stigmata, nonsense. Expose your signs. Thrust your hands, bloody, evidential, conclusive. Doubt even this. The opinions and views expressed in this show are that of the hosts only. Our poorly formed and expressed notions do not represent those of our wives, employers, friends, families, or of the local dairy council. (laughs) 